Welcome back to another episode of the Slab Bodyboarding Podcast. In this episode, Alex Clark and myself run through a heap of things that have been going down in the bodyboarding world over the past few weeks. We cover the Book Jam, the Pipe Women's Championship, Bocas Invitational, and a few others. Hope you enjoy the podcast. And uh, if you want to drop some feedback, comment on one of the posts on Instagram. This episode is brought to you by Hempoid CBD. At Hempoid, it's critical that the suppliers they work with match the quality standards they set for themselves. They promise to deliver lab-tested, organic, high-quality products without the accompanying financial burden. The entire range is vegan, GMO-free, organic certified, pet-friendly, making it suitable for all and unrivaled in its class. They've given us a 25% discount code, which is SLAB23. Just follow the link in the SLAB Bodyboarding Instagram bio. Alex Clark, welcome to the Slab Body One podcast. Um, newly qualified ISA judge. How was your course? Newly qualified ISA judge. Yeah, it was good, man. It was good. Um, definitely a lot to take away from it. Um, certainly see the value of it for um, not only, well, obviously myself, but I didn't do it for myself, done it for the club and the, the UK community in general. Uh, there, there was four of us in total. Um, and yeah, looking forward to putting it in use and... Uh, getting a few competitions going across the UK now. That's very cool. Very cool. And um, you've done yourself a bit of a mishap. You're sitting there with a big old uh, cast on your on your leg. What is the actual story? There's been some stuff floating around. What did you do? Oh, well, I was surfing this really, really heavy ledge. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I went shopping and uh, basically I thought it was the normal thing to do. Well, I've been doing it for over two decades at least anyway, but um, taking the trolley back to where you park the trolleys up after you've had a shop and I... Uh, elevated my feet from the ground and uh, tried to like prone the trolley I suppose from the handles and uh, yeah flipped up in the air my ass went over my tip and uh, I've managed to fracture my femur um yeah it's not the best but it was not bad either like it could have been a lot worse I suppose like but just one of them freak accidents if I started stressing about it it would be a lot worse than what it is do you know what I mean so it is what it is and just uh, everything's held in place nothing's moved so hopefully you'll just all uh, stitch yourself back together and we'll be good to go now in a few weeks. Nice. And you've done it at the perfect time because uh, it's kind of end of season and the forecast for the next few weeks is dead flat. So you're yeah. all good. But then the pond's open as well, isn't it? So Yeah, and it's warming up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's warming up. I, I would have been really disappointed in myself if I'd done it in the height of the summer, to be honest with you. So um, yeah, yeah, just, just not think about it too much at the moment and just uh, let the healing process do its thing. Like, Yeah. Cool. Well, hopefully you get it all, all uh, heals up nice and, and quick and uh, you get to enjoy at least some of the summer. But um, let's jump into the podcast. So this um, podcast is going to be a little bit different to others. Uh, uh, we're looking at collating kind of all the stuff that's been going on in bodyboarding over the last few weeks. Um, that'll be competition results, any news, any big deal that's happened. We're looking to cover it. Um, we're also going to try to get some uh, special guests on and um, just have a chat with anyone that's keen um, and uh, keen on bodyboarding. So the first one we're going to look at and probably the one that's got some of the best and biggest hype over the last few weeks is the Bocas Invitational in Panama. So, um, Alex, what did you think of that? Yeah, well, like, I didn't really know that this was going to happen. Um, I didn't really know a lot about it. And then uh, I seen you sharing a lot of stuff through Slab about it. And I was like, what, what, what is this Bocas thing? And he's like, what do you mean, Moss? Haven't you seen it? And I was like, well, and he's like, it's a, it's a bodyboard festival. It's, it's not just yeah. a competition. It's going to be like a festival in Panama, in the Caribbean. 
and it's just going to be like a full-on like boogie fest like and uh, I was like what I just need and then so I followed her like and then you start seeing all these names and all that of the people who were turning up and I was like shit yeah, do, do I mean deal. yeah and I'm yeah, just so, go on so, so just to name drop some of the some of the competitors. So, one of the first competitors to um to pop up was Amory Laverne. Uh, yeah, then you had Tanner McDaniel and Mike Stewart, Pierre Louis Costa, Samuel Marantino, Isabel Souza, and uh, I'm going to say this wrong, uh, Philippa Borrero. So, like really big names in the bodybuilding world, all just turning up in Panama for this festival. Um, it just it generated loads of hype and um something really to get excited about. Um, yeah, yeah, it was mad. It was like you know, and I, I seen it and I started having a look at the um. It's like, where is this place? I need to know where this place is. Like, do I mean, like, just off the, the little clips I had a look and I was like, like, if I was going on all days tomorrow, that's where I'd be wanting to go. Like, 100%. do you know what I mean? And yeah. blew my mind, to be honest with you. And I think, like, we're going to talk about quite a few comps. We're even going to talk about the pipe comp now. Like, but out of everything that's gone on this year, I think that's the most exciting thing that's happened. Um, not well for the sport. Like, I think it's, I think it's brilliant. Like, it's a big statement, dude. I, I think it is, man. And, and I know, like boys who boys and girls who pulled them pipe things together brilliant luck but um this is right up my street i think like do i mean this kind of competition it's like invitational is um is regional do do i mean as in it's like these people are like come and surf at our spot and they've certainly got a reason to be asking people to come um i I suppose the big word for me is uh relatable or relative as in like that wave they've got there is is the kind of wave that myself and millions of other people would like to surf. Um, not necessarily major consequence, but a whole lot of fun. Um, yeah. And what, what bodyboarding is all about for me, basically. Like, but equally serious as well. Like there was some serious yeah. surfing going down there. Like, do you know what I mean? Definitely. So um, what are, I'm just going to run through the results quickly. Um, and uh, then we can chat about, about some stuff. So uh, in the juniors, yeah, Joel Rodriguez from Portugal winning the junior, junior event. Yeah. Um, and this just shows some of the names that uh, that were there. Uh, there was a DK uh, uh, a DK session, and Dave Hubbard won that. Uh, and I'm going to say this wrong. Kawika Raw Kamai from Hawaii. He took second place, and Sammy Morantino um, took third place in the DK. Uh, the woman uh, Isabella Souza came first, obviously from Brazil. Uh, Roberta Britzer from Hawaii was second. Suyan Este from Chile was was uh, third, and Philippa Barrero from Portugal was fourth. And then in the men, you had Sammy Morantino winning it you had tanner mcdaniel coming second Amory laverne coming third and uh alan munoz from chile coming fourth um so i mean you can see some of the names that were involved there there's some big big heavy hitters and overall just a, a wicked wicked uh competition um, yeah one, one of the things for me as well is like obviously um i think originally was it open men's and open women's and just due to popular demand like last minute they ended up uh, calling a, a dk and juniors just from yeah. demand it wasn't in the yeah. initial planning like so yeah you know to go from oh we're going to hold an event and we're going to do these two categories to like actually having that kind of appeal and demand i think that that's amazing like do you know what i mean and being able to fulfill it as well yeah i think it also shows the um the uh the hunger for competition after two years of lockdown where mm-hmm. like these guys have been locked up not being able to compete on a global stage and this is kind of really the first international competition that's then gone down since well, I mean, front on last year was still challenging. Loads of people couldn't get out of the country. Um, but uh, yeah, really, really big demand and some big names. Um, and, and I'd say as well, like you say, international. I think it's important to note multinational. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? The fact, There's 15 I, I know countries maybe, represented. Yeah, 
and I, I know a few of them might have been there because they were maybe hoping for the or within the area or the you know geographically because they might have been hoping for a pipeline event or whatever maybe that's why some people were over there um i don't know but it, it was quite a big shout wasn't it because they like nobody knew what was going on with pipe exactly and then all yeah. of a sudden a whole lot of people moved from hawaii to panama when the pipe comp could have run at any time yeah if, if at all so yeah um, like i say for me the big thing was that it was relatable um and and that it was more than a, a competition and like if it was just a competition people would have gone they would have competed they would have come away but like the fact that it was a festival and they were celebrating yeah. the culture they were celebrating yeah. the music they were celebrating the food they were celebrating yeah. the beach and the ocean and everything it was it was a big really thing good. Like, it, it was i would just wish i was there like yeah um, me too <laughs> i was over my birthday weekend and i was like on my birthday weekend i was like oh come on i got i want to want to go and do it but uh maybe next year I thought that until I did my leg and maybe the year after. <laughs> <laughs> um, there were some uh, some things that went down um, that uh, are worth talking about. So um, Mike Stewart having an absolute shocker and getting knocked out in round one. Mm, yeah. Not even making out of his first heat. Um, and then how gutted do you feel that uh, he went to Panama, got knocked out in round one, and then was unable to make it back to Hawaii in time for the book jam? Did he miss it? Did he? I didn't know if he got the old uh, vid. I don't know if he got COVID and missed the, the pipe because of I, that. I, I don't know. I have no idea why he didn't make it, and I don't want to speculate. But yeah, he, he didn't make it back. So um, he, he was scratched from, from the book jam. But I mean, traveling all that way, knocked out the first heat. And I mean, he would have been seeded way up there. Mm, yeah, and, uh, pretty massive. Was big, big, decision, big decision, especially considering the uh, concept and uh, idea of the uh, book jam this year. Um, yeah, it was a big one for him to miss. That was. Yeah, yeah, must be gutted. Um, and then Amory Laverne knocking out PLC mm. in the the second quarter, second quarter final with a nine three three sick pit that he just dropped in, sat it behind the curtain, and then came out, claimed it too. Uh, and uh, that was PLC on his way. So some big names knocked out pretty early in the competition. I say that I say it was relatable uh, for me. The, the good thing watching that event, and like I watched pretty much all of it live. It doesn't mean I can remember it, but I, <laughs> but I, I I was glued to it. I was just like, yeah, this is like this is definitely. I, I think the beauty of it is one of them events that any dog could have his day there. Yeah. Um, you know, anybody could get a perfect barrel. Anybody could just get that one section and just launch that a little bit better or further. But it, there was also opportunities to link maneuvers. Yeah, it wasn't like just gun it and do one big thing like you know you could string three four five maneuvers potentially given the right wave um and yeah like you say plc didn't progress really um which just goes to show really like do you know what i mean yeah. what i'm saying on that like yeah uh, there were a, a few controversial calls too around amory laverne um, in semi-final one so alfonso aguila was in second place uh and amory laverne needed 9-3-3 to progress and he was in fourth place and after the final score was announced it went to a commercial break and when it came back um Amri Laverne his score was had been adjusted to bump him up into first place in the heat um, oh, what I didn't see that <laughs> yeah so he was um yeah a little bit awkward there with uh and Alfonso must have been super gutted because he was he was sitting pretty in uh, second place and then Amri bumped him out so a uh, little bit of a uh, controversy not knowing what's going on there behind the scenes and, and maybe the head judge would have overruled it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. 
I say, Amory, you're, you're obviously surfing a fair few heats, like between the the open and the, the drop knee, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, was, it was a lot of water time there. Um, yeah. But yeah, there, there was so much, um, so much bodyboarding in a condensed amount, like they run it over two days, yeah? Yeah. They, they wrapped it up in two days, like, and yeah. they weren't as if they were short competitors. Yeah. And there was a whole lot of bodyboarding and a whole lot of fun. In the sun, in board, in boards, like do I mean? It just ticked all the boxes for me. Like, uh, some people like to surf in the cold, but like, yeah, if I was competing, like that's where I would want to be going. Like, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and then another to talk about is Isabella Sousa. It's just head and shoulders above every other woman competitor at the moment out there. Um, yeah. So, like in the uh, final, what did Isabella in the final? I think she scored. Um, Combined fourteen point six, yeah, which is with nothing to be ashamed of. And yeah. um, Roberta Bitzer, she came in second with an eight with eight point five. Like, so yeah. you know that that's a big, big gap big in scores here. Like, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, Isabella landed at a huge ARS um, and scored eight three three just off one wave. So that is almost equal to everybody's double scores. Um, yeah. Just shows you the the difference in in quality of her riding. She's years ahead of everyone else, um, and it shows. It was um yeah really really cool to watch. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to, to Isabella Sousa for taking that. Um, some of the things I really liked, um, and I think that other competitions can maybe do better at doing it, was the level of social media exposure that they pumped out there. Um, the kind of uh, competitor cards that they were launching whenever they had a new competitor. So they uploaded a post onto Instagram um, just showing who the competitors were and as they registered. So it already pumped up the hype before the competition even kicked off where you knew exactly who was going to be who was gonna be surfing and who you could be looking at supporting. Um, they also got in some really high-profile commentators, so uh, Manny Vargas and uh, Bega Martinez, um, which obviously, when you bring those sorts of names down into to commentate and to, to MC and host, it puts a lot of um, sort of weight behind what you're doing in the competition. So I really, really enjoyed that. And um, then the other one was just the, the high-profile competitor field. Those are the people that you want to see competing versus each other. Um, there's so much kind of talk about how good Tanner is. There's so much talk about how great uh, Pierre is. We all love to see Mike uh, compete, and uh, just to see those people, those guys, all all comp competing against each other, it's just uh, it's up there with one of my favorite favorite uh, competitions that's gone down in recent history. Yeah, it just gives it that extra like stamp, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean like you say with Manny yeah. and um, oh, I forget what was her name again? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, uh, she's she's a lovely girl. She is, but uh, yeah, <laughs> and the and the competitors as well. Like, do you know what I mean it just authenticates? Like, it was like, yeah, that was. That, that that was history. That was that was history yeah. going down right there and then. That was that was a big event. Like, um, yeah. and I think, I think like I say back to the word that like if I was to summarize it, relatable. Yeah. So, I mean, I I can relate to that competition. It's not some crazy death slab. It's not some. It's not even like some crazy beach break where you've got to paddle out for half hour. It was just yeah. like just totally just paddle out, do your thing, express yourself, and yeah. just see if you can score those points. It was sick. It was sick, man. It was, it was competition. really, really good. So congratulations so, to all the winners there and, uh, and to the hosts. Um, they got it sorted. Um, the next one that went down was the uh, the Women's Pipeline Championship. So uh, I don't know how much of that did you see? Did you see do you know who's, uh, who competed there? I've seen some bits and pieces. I know uh, Lily Pollard got a sick barrel. Yeah. pretty much secured it for her. Um, yeah, so she had an almost uh, perfect heat. So she had 9.5 and a 10 in the final. You so didn't realise that. 0.5 away from the... Uh, away from a, a perfect heat but saying that jessica Be becker she came second she had a nine and an eight so not far yeah. off so high level competition there um and then you had 
Ayaka Suzuki Krilly from Japan came third, and then Valentina Diaz Langdon from Chile was fourth. So, if you look at those four competitors, um, I mean that's that is a serious heat, um, a serious yeah. final. Those are big yeah. names. I mean, I Valentina you. Diaz Langdon is um, she's a hell charger down in uh, down in South America. She's uh, takes off on massive bombs at uh, Puerto Escondido. Um, Ayaka technically is probably one of the best riders out there, and uh, Jessica yeah. Becker is an incredible rider. So. Congrats to Lily Pollard for, for winning that. Yeah, I've seen um, your good friend Tracy Effinger, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see she she was involved as well. She came like fifth or something like that. I didn't see her yeah. results. I was just looking at the, at the final. Uh, but what, what, how many competitors was there in total then? So they managed 24 competitors. And when you consider that it Did was, they? yeah, 24 competitors. It was announced on the 9th of February and the holding period was announced for the 24th. So it's like a two-week announcement. Yeah, um, that's good. It's good. Uh, it was actually held on, on the 1st of March. Um, so they, they had 24 competitors. They ran six first round heats. Uh, then they had two six competitor heats after that, a quarters, a semis, and a final. So enough of a knockout to, to really whittle down the field um, and just showcase women's bodyboarding to the to the high standard and a massive stamp for a standalone full day women's event at Pipe, which is a big deal. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's deal. What's the name of the. Um, I can't even think now. The, the, there was a couple on it, and it was the. Did they tribute Ova. It? Yeah, 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 that's the one. They tributed it to her, yeah. Them, and obviously yeah. she was a big um, advocate or, you know, something that she pushed for, equal rights and all that in sport. And yeah, yeah it was a big thing. It was a big yeah. thing to have that event. So um, some of the things that went down in the background is, um, so they announced on the 9th of February to um, for the event. Almost immediately, Tracy got a, uh, and that was announced by Tracy Effinger. Um, almost immediately, she was, sent a, almost a cease and desist uh, message saying that she couldn't release any more updates about the competition because they hadn't finalized the men's competition. Um, and in the background, also, there was a whole lot of stuff going on about COVID protocols and also the fact that it costs around $7,200 a day to hold a pipe comp for the, the permits. Mm -hmm. uh, and they didn't have the funding in place to get it off the ground. So uh, apparently, and this is on the grapevine, is that Tracy actually whacked that on it or large some of that on a credit card and paid for it out of her own pocket to start it to get it off. Yeah, which is uh, just incredible. That's that's real dedication to to a cause. Sometimes you need to do these things, mind, don't it? Just just because you you know that it's right. Yeah, it's the right thing to do. Because yeah, for, for everyone, like yeah. yeah, it's a big it's a big shout. It's a big shout. But yeah, um, like I say, I've seen bits and pieces come from it. Obviously, the results. But um, is there any more to come or? with regards to the media side of things um I, I reached out to tracy and she did say that there's a kind of a, a press release but in terms of um actual content or media not not really i'm unsure so there, there may be private um uh videographers or photographers that may have footage but it's not kind of readily available um, not that i know of so if anyone's listening that has content feel free to share it with us it'll be sick to see i know tracy's um she's put up a whole bunch of waves that, that have uh uh, she's got and obviously Lily Pollard's put up one I think um, maybe a it's couple important. Of... it's important like to make the most out of this media do you know what I mean yeah 100% yeah um, and then also one of the other things that's I think uh, a big shout out was um, the youngest ever women's pipe competitor so um, I'm going to definitely say this wrong because it's a Hawaiian name so it's a Kaipoi Koa or Ko. Um, so she was the youngest ever women's competitor um, pipe competitor to surf this year so oh. big shout out to her um i don't know i can't find it out i think she's got to be sort of 13 or 14 years old um what, super young 
youngest ever or just youngest? Yeah, youngest. Female? Youngest. Wow, I can't find that information. Oh, well, that'd be yeah, good I've to been, find out, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. I've um, been looking around. Maybe I'll reach out to her and see if she wants to have a chat. And, uh, yeah, get a comment from her. Because, uh, no, I mean, that's a big deal. That's a legacy. Um, she comes from a serious family of bodyboarders. Her mom's a bodyboarder. Her two sisters are bodyboarders. And, like, she takes her baby brother bodyboarding, and he's two years old. Um, never too so. young. You're never too old. <laughs> Truth <laughs> that is. <laughs> but, yeah, overall, your thoughts on that? Short notice event? Oh, well, yeah. Well, they pulled it together, didn't they? Um, yeah. yeah, totally out of the bag. And nobody's seen it come in. And then before you knew it, it was done and dusted. Yeah. Um, yeah, good shout, good shout. Like, um, and yeah, it's good for that equality side of things as well. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it's good that the women managed to pull it together for themselves as well. I'm not saying they've yeah. got to go and do all the rest by themselves, but you know, it just shows the older, uh, the girl power kind of things and w- what is possible when you've got the right people in the right place at the right time with the right frame of mind. Like, definitely, definitely yeah. positive. There's nothing negative to be said about that. Like, yeah, I think it. it as far as I know, they had a, a, a full female administrative team. So everybody behind the scenes was all, all women, organizers, uh, judges, everyone, all women. So um, really positive and really, really good to see the high standard on it. Yeah, but I suppose it's important to say as well, although they have done that and it's good they've done that, I, I don't think that it's something that they should be left to get on with themselves either. Like, do you know what I mean? It's not like male and female. And uh, like you see it in so many sports, don't you, where there's the divide. I don't yeah. know, take football, for example, now and rugby, for example, where yeah. now women's is only now catching up. I think, you know, it's important that they're given, like you say, Ayaka, is it? Yeah, you watch her, like, and she's as good as any man, like, but, yeah. you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, it's good. It's really good. Um, and hopefully in time to come, they'll be getting equal prize money as well, like, um, so that was one of the, the interesting things um, that was different with the book jam and also the women's competition, the women's pipe comp, uh, championship is that um, each were individually, there were, there were two separate events under the same permit structure. That's as far as I understand. So they were, they were promoted by different people, promoted in two different ways. Um, and I'm, I'm a, a through and through capitalist, believe it or not. <laughs> um, I believe that the market, the market speaks um, and the market is really the final decider. So if they create a project or create a product that is good enough, it will be, it'll, it'll self and the right people are behind it. It'll be self-sufficient. So it will snowball and grow naturally as it was. And they definitely did that. So it's kind of interesting where, because the two were, were separate, the book jam and the, the women's pipe championship is that, you can't actually say that one, the women were paid less than the men because they were two different competitions. Does that make sense? That was both individually self-sufficient. Yeah, so yeah. any money that was raised for the women's event by the woman, that was 100% theirs. There was no overarching uh, governing body that said, well, we're going to do a 75-25 split, which to be fair, like in the Bocas Invitational, that definitely happened. The... Um, Isabella Souza, who won the competition for the woman, was paid less than the men's competitor that came second, um, which yeah. is obviously that's really, really disappointing to see um, in a competition that has one overseeing uh, governing body or one overseeing uh, entity that they would decide to to um, split them differently. Uh, now, there's an argument to say that it's, it's much harder in the men's world to to get that win. 
um and it is a slightly different competition but that's a whole different story for another day another podcast yeah. um but yeah. I, you know maybe that's like so i don't know how the global population works like but i'm guessing we're pretty much well i, I should imagine it's more women than men is it i don't know but we're, we're at least around 50 50 so it's like, 50 50 yeah. so with regards to a market you know you're talking the same from a capitalist point of view as long as you're selling it like uh, like that's what you said isn't it, at the end of the day as yeah. long as you're selling it, it works that's like 100 percent. so um there's the a, a very strong argument for um f- for women's bodyboarding well i had this conversation with tracy effinger actually it's kind of a weird one where social media content as a whole women have a significantly higher number of followers than men do so mm-hmm. so if you were to base a viewership based on the ability to draw a captive crowd. So for instance, if you took all of the followers of all of the competitors and added them together, then maybe women should be paid a bigger price pot because they bring more people to the table or they bring more viewers. Um, I don't know. It's just a, <laughs> a different way of looking at it. It's an evolutionary kind of thing that is, I think. Isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I mean, back in the day, so you would have, so the way that TV rights would have been worked out is that you, you, you pay the big money to bring the big competitors because they bring the big viewership on your channel. But nowadays, if if uh, if you can prove that if you're going to come to a competition, you're going to bring 62,000 followers um, as a woman, then surely you should uh, get a bigger chunk of the pie. Yeah, yeah. I'm being very careful in what I say. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it certainly sells. I'm not going to say what sells, but it certainly sells. Like, do you know what I mean? So... It goes hand in hand with the beach, doesn't it? At the end of the day, do yeah. I mean? Um, and I, I don't want to stereotype. I don't want to. I don't know. Uh, draw emphasis on it or whatever. Like, but at the end of the day, there is something about uh, female bodyboarders for me personally. They do a bit more for me than male bodyboarders do. I'm trying to be diplomatic as possible. Like, um, moving swiftly yeah. on. Um, I thought it was a wicked competition. Um, top class, especially the final, top class athletes. Um, and uh, yeah, you can't knock that, uh, knock that in. And to be fair, had uh, had they had more notice, I think it would have been even a, 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 a it was successful, but a more successful event with a with even a bigger field or um, a higher rated field. So overall, well done. Congratulations yeah, to Lily Pollard. It was good. It was good. Well done. Um, the next one, and I'm not sure because I dropped this one in quick, and I only just saw that it happened was the the Port Stevens Toyota Box Fest that happened from the, on the 11th and 12th of March um and i don't know how much you i don't know if you saw anything about that one i don't know much about that not that one the reason uh, that i uh did dallas singer enter it i see that dallas Dallas singer did it josh kirkman and lily pollard both entered that just straight after so they were in hawaii for for book jam and and uh, the women's pipe championship um and then had to hustle back to the other side of australia so new south wales to go and surf in the box fest um one of the reasons that i like to bring it up is uh it was won by uh michael osler and uh he's a south african So uh, it's always nice to uh, to see a South African sticking it to the Australians in their home backyard at uh, one of their most famous breaks. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Same rugby now. <laughs> it's worse. <laughs> it's worse. How many world champs do we have in the last four years? <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, again, yeah. a seriously competitive uh, field. So they had uh, the Elite Boxy, uh, which was the Elite event. You had uh, Dallas Singer, Josh Kirkman, Shaden Schrader, uh, Michael Osler, John Cruikshank, uh, and then in the women's, you had Lily Pollard. Um, so Michael Osler won from South Africa, obviously. Where was uh, he from again? Yeah, he's from South Africa. 
uh, <laughs> and uh, he won that competition in Australia. Uh, in Australia. Liam Lucas came second. Dallas Singer managed the third. Uh, Silas Gancia from Brazil, he was fourth. Josh Kirkman knocked out in the first round too. No oh, man, he must have been jet lagged. Jet lagged, yeah. We're going to call it on that. Um, Lily Pollard with back-to-back wins. She took the win in the uh, the Open Women's. So uh, second off. Yeah, flying back, landing. No jet lag there though. That's a. Uh, must have got an earlier flight. <laughs> <laughs> she went business class. She went business class, yeah. Lay flat. <laughs> and then uh, Kayla Pisani was second. Nikki Rose third. Uh, Mariko Menzies uh, was fourth. And then they also had an open men's, uh, which is obviously just below the, the well, not below, just a different category to the, the elite box, the elite men's. Uh, Ryan Duck won that. You had Axel Franklin, Franklin second. Hamish Jen- Jenkins was third. And Joel Crothers was, uh, was fourth. Um, the cool thing about that event is that it's um, held and put on by the local bodyboard club. So that's the Port Stevens District Bodyboard Club. They are they're the organizers there. And um, they're able to, to, to pull in names like, like Dallas Singer, Josh Kirkman, and obviously the, the South African winner, um, Michael Osler. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 it's, it is good. And I think it is important to see these local slash regional competitions it is really important like because without um you haven't got the uh the platform to go above it like do you know what i mean um yeah really good let's say like the amount of competition like i don't think in a um pre-covid and i'm not saying because of covid but pre-covid the all these competitions could have happened and you might not have even heard about them so there's definitely a, a big surge and uh influx in these smaller competitions now and it's nothing but positive like it's really yeah. good yeah dig it absolutely dig it and then uh then let's talk about the book jam so format 40 riders four 55 minute heats previous pipe champs uh earning the highest seeding um and i am unsure but do you know if there was an overall winner or will there be an overall winner or is it just down to the um the uh special prizes for for specific waves do you know that information i don't know no um but yeah i'm under the impression that like like you said but there then i think it's like certain prizes for certain categories maneuver. yeah well yeah like i don't know like yeah. the, the biggest or best barrel the best aerial the best i don't know whatever you can think of but yeah the, the discussion so before the- it was that they were going to be individual there's no overall winner yeah. But then they kind of said there could be an overall winner if you won more than one or one multiple category. of the categories. So, so the announced categories that they got are best barrel, best aerial maneuver, best drop knee, and best combination. So that's like a barrel to maneuver. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what's, um, what's going to come out. And then those are the roughly $500 per category is allocated for each winner. Yeah. Um, and then those will be voted for by an online audience. So I don't know how they're going to decide that online audience, whether it will be some sort of Patreon thing where you have to subscribe in order to vote, or if they're just going to have an open vote, it's all up in the air. Um, I didn't know. I thought they might have. I thought they'd allocated judges. I thought they said that. Um... So this is where the confusing thing is: is they they have been allocated judges, but it also says on the press release that they are putting it to an to an online audience for voting. So maybe the overall winner will be voted will be done by online judging. Don't know. It's a little bit uh, details a bit sketchy at the moment. Josh has got uh, jet lag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the thing is like you need to remember as well was the whole concept that uh, came i think josh 
and Mike were both told by Tom like the concept yeah. of like if he was going to have all the world's like best musicians get together and play yeah. together they wouldn't be competing they'd be like playing in harmony and yeah. this is the idea of having like I'm not saying the world's best but some of the best or within in the water and well I don't know like from the footage I've seen coming out while well, we've been drip fed um you know there's some really really high caliber riding going down um and quite loose as well and maybe not something you would have seen in a competitive environment uh there's a lot more expression going on than it, it, yeah. surf into a criteria yeah I, I agree there I can tell you this that um on based on the uh, the footage and even just the, the the stills and images that I've that I've seen over the last couple of weeks it's definitely made me fall back in love with with pipeline um for a long time I was kind of jaded on pipe that I, I didn't really consider it I thought maybe it was a little bit overhyped um there's so many other incredible waves out there um and it was kind of just like I've never surfed there so I don't I couldn't really say but it just I was definitely jaded on it um but I saw one picture of Jared Houston and it is it is absolutely perfect like the size of the pit the shape the color of the water I'm just I've fallen and obviously there's a clip uh, circulating on uh, YouTube um, that I've watched, and it, it's definitely made me fall back in love in love with Pipeline and just seeing bodyboarders at Pipeline. Um, Josh Kirkman also has a, a picture that's still out there that is just incredible. Um, yeah, it's um, I definitely I'm not sure if I enjoyed the format. I'm far too much of an instant gratification monkey. Um, this whole concept of waiting for the announcement of a winner or winners, it's not not for me. I uh, I want to know who's won at the end of the competition, but uh, this maybe, is the uh, thing. This is the thing for me. See, is like well. Say, say it was a, a world tour event, for example, you'd have the live stream, so you can sit there and watch it all day. And then within 24 hours of that day ending, you'll have the highlights reel. Um, and then you got the next day's live stream, do you know what I mean? And yeah. w w once you've done that, and you've got the, the highlight reel of the finals, that's it, it's done. And yeah. within less than a week, as the tour moves on, you're gearing yeah. up for the next event, and yeah. you pretty much almost forgot about the last event. Whereas this, what was it? Three weeks now, was it since the pipe event? And it, nobody, yeah. nobody really knows what what went down. Really, you you see yeah. bits and pieces, but nobody knows exactly. So it's like taking yeah. it back a little bit as well, and like yeah. kind of given more value to what we do see come out of it. That's one way of looking is, at it. Is, um, well, that, that's it for me. Like like I say. Yeah. If, if it was a live feed and if there was a highlight and you know who would won, that's it. It would have been done and dusted weeks ago yeah. and you'd be looking to the next event. But yeah. like you still, it's maximizing it, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's no way you could condense all of that surfing into that highlights wheel. Not not to truly give everybody like justification of what they've achieved out there. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Fair but enough. Yeah, I don't know. There's different ways of looking at things, isn't it? You know Definitely. I mean? Absolutely. Um. So... There will be uh, an event film, a full sort of length event, event film that will be released in April through Movement Magazine. Um, and that'll be similar to the tender process. So the, the, yeah, the kind of um, the way tender was done. So you have to create an account and, and pay for it and then you'll be able to watch it, um, which I mean, I'm sure it's going to be an absolute epic, epic film because it's pipe and you had some serious names competing um, or not competing, whichever way you look at it. Um, yeah. I did a poll on slab bodyboarding. I don't know if you saw. and. Um, I asked the question as, as whether followers like the format. And uh, I got 64 responses, not huge, but uh, only 74% of uh, 
of, of people that responded liked it, 26% didn't. So mm. there we go. Maybe not to everybody's flavor. Maybe there's a lot more uh, instant gratification monkeys out there. Yeah, I suppose because it's new as well. Yeah. Like it might swing the other way if it became the norm. I don't know. Uh, like say it's early days and, it, and you don't know what, we don't know who's won yet or who's won what. Yeah. And we don't know exactly what went down. So yeah. I don't know. Time will tell. We'll have this chat in a year's time when they've done the second one. If they stick to that format. Like. We'll it's worth just, just touching on. Like you say, there was um, so obviously Josh Kirkman's fundamental in the, the organising of it. Um, Stuart couldn't make it. There was the Hub Brothers. I think Jeff was definitely there. Dave, Dave was there as well, I think, was he? Yeah, I think so. Uh, it was Bota. Uh, it was did Ben Samson make it? I'm not, I don't think he served. Uh, no. Spencer Skipper was there. What about Didn't Hardy? He... Did, did Hardy make it because he was apparently booked on with the same? He was booked with... on, I don't know that he made it. Um, and then Infoamed, uh, had a really interesting comment about our friend Ian Campbell. I don't know, did you see that? What was that? Oh, I, I gotta find it. I need to get the wording right. Um, it was. It was both complimentary and derogatory. So they uh, they threw some shade, but in a, in a complimentary way. Um, they they said that Ian Campbell is like taking home a very average bird from a nightclub, and then she puts on the performance of a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Take away from that what you want, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Ian Campbell, I, he's a great guy, and uh, he's Love an that. incredible bodyboarder, but he is relatively boring. Um, and then he gets on a bodyboard and he's just a machine. Yeah. Maybe I'll see him in a bar one day and feed him a few drinks and I'll be the judges. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> right, hey, let's... Uh... I was going to say he took some solid waves. He had some solid waves at that pipe event from what I've oh, seen yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and like I said, there's a picture of Jared Houston, another South African. It's just uh, just perfect pipe. It's kind of what you dreamed of as a little kid, as a little bodyboarder. Was Tomega there? As He's far as I be. know. Yeah, that's what I mean. As far well, as I know. Is, this is why I'm saying we don't know a lot about we what happened. Know. Exactly. And so for, for the amount of competitors that were there, or riders that were there, we haven't seen an awful lot. So yeah. there might be a lot to come out from this yet. Like, so. Yeah. We'll see. Watch oh. the space. Yeah, sweet. And um, then we have the, the, the IBC World Tour has kicked off. Um, so you had the first junior event, which was the Luren Pro. And in fact, the next event, the Marcona Marcobre Pro has kicked off today. Um, today, yeah. yeah. So they're, they're in full swing on the, on the, the world. So the first few events, the first two have been um, junior events. Um, junior men was uh, won by, Mo I'm going to say this wrong because I'm not Spanish, uh, Marco Jans from Peru. And um, the junior woman was won by Isabelle Nunes from Brazil. So congrats to those guys. So um, I I watched um, some of the highlights and all that, and well, quite a bit of the highlights. Um, and I had a little skim through the actual playback on the, the, the live footage. So with regards to the competitors, so all I could see results uh, in the in the ladies or women's was uh, first, second and third. Was there yeah. just the three competitors? In the, so I think, in the I think that third and fourth were actually a draw. Okay. So there were two competitors that placed third. Okay, um, so there was four, so it was a straight final, was it in the in the females? Yeah, I think so. Um, and so the, the males, uh, IBC World Tour, for the males there was twenty competitors in all, um, one from Brazil, 
one from Venezuela, one from Portugal, and 17 from Peru. That, that's what I've seen. And to be honest with you, like, the, the, I think they drew it out. They, they dragged it out quite a bit, to be honest with you, for, for what yeah. they had there. So there was, um, I think there was already out of the 20, I think 12 were already into round two, were they? And round see. round one was um, eight, I think, with four of the eight progressing into round two. And then they had round three plus a rep, rep charge. Then they went into um, two man quarters. So there was four quarters with two men and then the semi-finals and I just and then all the way down to a two man final. And it was like, really? Wow. You could have you could have wrapped this competition up in one day. Like you really yeah. didn't need to drag it out that long. Fair enough. Um, it is the juniors, so it's not the full scale. No, um, no. Um, but, uh, that's what I felt anyway, considering yeah. fair enough, right? If there was if there was people from all around the world there and yeah. you needed to find out who was the best in the yeah. world, fair enough, go through that drawn out program uh, process. I suppose I'm looking at it as where they're from rather than as individuals in that respect. But yeah, I just think for the circumstances to have gone all the way through all them heats just to get like a two-man final, like really. And I like a two-man final. I like yeah. a head a head-to-head. Um like a two-man 30-minute or yeah, two-man 30-minute final. I, I really enjoy it. I like the, it that too. The thing for me, like I was watching it and you know, there's a couple of couple of waves there. There's a couple of corners to be had. Um, but it was pretty small, like, yeah. and it was pretty closey as well. Yeah. And when you consider, like, criticism over the years for Sintra, Sintra Pro, and you know, is it really? And like for me, I, I like Sintra because people have to serve, yeah. like they they have to go rail to rail. Like, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's not. But for this comp, like, I say it was a bit closey. So it's basically take off, gun it, and it was basically you could do. Like, how do you judge multiple A's off an end section? Like, and like, how do you define? But I don't know. It's like back back when we had competitions here in the UK. One of the things that the the British Body Board Club were like majorly criticised on was that the conditions were less than ideal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean that was one thing that they were criticised on? Um, and when you're running competitions, you just if you pick a date. You've just got to go with it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? You've got your own yeah, yeah. period. And, like, so I think with this Luring Pro, obviously, they had to hold it because that was the dates when the tour's got to move on or whatever. But I just think people need to be more conscious with at home now, like with competitions and stuff. It's quite easy to say, oh, I win the best competition because the, the conditions were the point is they've held a competition, right? So yeah. they're in a position now to move on to the next stage of the tour. Whereas yeah. if they hadn't held this competition, they wouldn't be moving on to the next stage of the tour. Yeah, if you know what I mean. So it's one of those, isn't it? It weren't brilliant. It weren't ideal. Um, it wasn't global. If you are, if, if you are, if I want, if you want me to be honest, it wasn't yeah. a world tour. You know, basically, if you are, they had twenty people turn up, that's like saying, right, the Cornish bodyboard series. Now they got seventeen boys from Cornwall. They got one from Wales. They got one from Scotland. They got one from Ireland. We'll call it the world tour. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, yeah, but but equally, like I say, the British Bodyboard Club back before their demise, they were criticised for stuff like that. But then for seven consecutive years, 
they did more for bodyboarding in the UK than anything that's happened before or since. since. So it is important to do something rather yeah. than nothing. Like, exactly. I mean? Yeah, 100%. Um, I go back to the, the point that, it, I mean, it is, obviously it is the World Tour, but it is the juniors. So they are kind of almost cannon fodder on those, on those small, on those uh, less, uh, I think the breaks, Lurin and uh, the Marcona, they, they wouldn't be your first choice in terms of competition breaks. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll tell, tell you what my concern is, though, really. Um, and like I like we said at the beginning, right, just because I'm saying this, it's certainly not the, the view of the Welsh Bodyboard Club. And it certainly doesn't mean that I'm right in what I'm saying, because <laughs> I yeah. might swallow my words and do a full U-turn in a couple of weeks or months or whatever. But my concern is when, when you've, it could be the world tour it could be the south american tour it could be whatever but you put the world tour that the word not the world you put the word tour into it yeah. um, and you have a look at like the kind of things that or the statements that's being made by the ibc for example that bodyboarding is a vehicle of positive change and it opens many doors for the acquisition of funds for events that perform part of the world tour and that Government funding is uh, a reality. And so in the option of secure large event sponsors, it is no longer solely investing money directly into the sport. It's about investing money to develop the local communities for bodyboarding. And that, that's basically, that, that's what the IBC have said. And my concern is, and I've seen it in surfing in the UK, when you get these events or these tours, they turn up to town, they get all the government funding, they run the event, and then the winner isn't from that town, and then they pack all the money onto the next plane to the next stop on the tour, and that place is left there, no better off, other than the fact that they held a, an event there, and maybe the local shops had a little boost for a couple of days. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, so is it really that beneficial to the local area? You take, for example, now in Wales, so we're going to hold an event, uh, a British event, for example, so we, we're like, yeah, yeah, we're onto the council, we're onto the Welsh government, we're going to hold this event, a couple of people come to Wales, rent out a couple of caravans, go and spend a bit of money in the local pub for food and drink or whatever. And then the winners from England, he packs up all the money. The promoters are from England. They take their little cut and then everybody goes back across the border with the money in your left ear and you're like, shit, they're just taking thousands of pounds from our country and we haven't even got a bloody a gazebo to stand under when it rains. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I'm saying? And I might be right, I might be wrong. But that, that's my only concern when it comes to these tour events because if that event was run by the local club for the local people they'd probably be entitled to the same kind of money um but i don't know maybe i can be educated in time on this but uh carpet bagging i know it goes on people just turn up pull the carpet from under people's feet and just bag it and yeah. move along like and like I say i know it happens but i might be wrong i might be wrong it's i mean it's it's interesting to to hear the comments and it does shed some light maybe there needs to be more transparency from like the IBC um, about like, are they literally just uh, taking money off, off local councils and local governments and just shifting onto the, to a new, new place a few weeks later. Um, I know that in Chile, there's big investment from the government into, um, into promoting those, those events and the festivals. The hard thing to measure is um, a, the really hard thing to measure is, what sort of boost 
the economy of the, lo the local economy does get from an event, whether mm -hmm. it's it's uh, substantial enough to to offset the money that they've paid out. So the, if if uh, so, for instance, look at Fronton. So Fronton, the government gives them let's call it ten thousand euros to hold to hold the event. Um, do enough people turn up and spend enough money within Fronton to generate more than ten thousand euros to make the money back? I, I I couldn't answer that. I don't know what the what the financial what the economy of that looks like. Um, but uh, it's an interesting one. And uh, you know, if you go back to the competitors, and there was seventeen from Peru, three from outside of Peru, have they yeah. really done tourism a massive favor there that, over this event? Probably not. Like, and like you take it. I'm going to use Cornwall for example. Say a world tour event comes to the UK, it probably almost certainly be around the Cornwall area. So, do you really think like so? The boardmasters, the boardmasters pulls in significant amount of money for Nuki, right? Yeah. Is a bodyboarding world tour event in Cornwall going to pull in? A, to be honest with you, the Cornish uh, tourist board or whatever, or council probably turn around and say, there's too many people here anyway. We can't, we can't fit everybody. <laughs> we, we, we haven't got no tourism issues. Like, yeah. do, you, do you know what I'm saying? I, yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't see it bring in a significant, and that's the word, significant amount of um, extra tourism or revenue. Yeah, but you have it's you have to, it's not just over one weekend. So it's if you look at that, it's you have to look at it over a long term. No, an investment. Yeah. Long term yeah. investment. They are paying basically. They're using that as a promotional opportunity for that town. So the Luren Pro is a promotional opportunity for the city or town of Luren. Um, they would have spent that. They would have spent that money anyway, somewhere else, doing something else, paying some other promoter. To do a similar job, but maybe put on a billboard or an advert that gets played on an airplane before you take off. Um, mm. So, wouldn't you rather have that money ploughed into bodyboarding? Yeah, I just wonder: is is it actually getting ploughed into the local bodyboarding, or is it getting packed onto the next plane out of town? Like, like that, that, that's my concern. Well, not concern, but that's my. Well, yeah, it is a concern. <laughs> it is a concern <laughs> for anybody. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and and it's got to be. Like, say, if we held an event in Wales. And everybody on the podium took the money back over the border to England, and the promoter was English. You'd be thinking, "Shit, what have we achieved other than people coming and crowding out our waves?" Yeah, but if, <laughs> if, if the long term, if the long term economic impact on the area is big enough to offset those people paying, so for instance, let's let's say you had an advertising campaign, and you paid an English advertiser to come and do a whole lot of advertise, or you advertised in England, paid a bunch of money. And then over a year, you recoup that money through economic growth within that area. That's exactly what they're doing. That's my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um, it doesn't matter whether where the competitors from or or where the uh, where the promoters from. The job has been completed. The job is done. So they can take that money wherever they want, as long as there is an economic um, positive effect that outweighs or is equal to the investment that they've made. That's just good economics. Um, but uh, anyway. I suppose the other, side, the other side of the coin is that if it if it wasn't shared out in that way, it would probably only be a handful of people that it would be directed to as well, like within the elite. So like say then 17 people from Peru went to that competition, if like three of them were the most likely ones to actually make something of it, if that event didn't come, maybe only then three people would see anything from that money. Do, do you know what I'm saying? It's like not really. Well, if it if it was kept within the region. Maybe them three people, like say they come first, second, and third, they shared first, second, and third regularly be between them. 
if that world tour event or a tour event didn't come to them, maybe only them three people would ever see any of that money because they are the ones at that higher tier. Whereas yeah, it, going like that way, at least gets split across the board. I don't know. It's interesting. We'll see how sustainable it all is in time, only. Yeah. With regards to the tour, like, but yeah, interesting. Like I say, we just chat shit, really. Like, we might be totally <laughs> wrong. <and laughs> hey, this is what it is. Just, um, it opens up debate, doesn't it? That's the main thing. Yeah. Well, in May, we have um, the three big events in um, uh, in Chile. So you've got on the, from the 29th of May, sorry, 29th of April to the 7th of May, you've got uh, the Eureka Cultural Bodyboard event. Then uh, from the 8th of May to the 14th, you've got the Ikiki Pro. Uh, and then on, from the 19th of May to the 29th of May, you've got the Antofagasta Bodyboard Festival. So those are three big events. Those are all the, the um men's and women's events so not the juniors they are juniors at some of them uh women compete at ikike and antofagasta there's no women at the uh, Eureka. so um so big ones coming up in may uh, and they're all ibc yeah those are three ibc events yeah so those are all coming up um and then just a breakdown um so the race to kind of becoming world champion um so this year men and women have the four best results um, that will add up points towards the 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 obviously world champ world champion. Um, the men have eight results, eight events, and women have six currently. There are some to be confirmed. Um, so you only need to serve four of those events for men specifically. Only need to serve four events of the eight. Um, there are then two speciality events. So one is the France the Anelle An Challenge, Anelle Challenge, and then also the Tunt Invitational, which was held last year and was really good. Uh, that was won by. Tristan, I think. They were all there, weren't they? They were all three of them were there. Yeah, the final hat was uh, Tristan, um, Jared, and Ian. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't want to be in that final as the fourth person, hey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every dog has a day. <laughs> Every dog has a day. I don't know that you're going to get a wave. <laughs> you're going to pull an Alan Munez. <laughs> yeah. His Bokka's final was shocking, eh? Yeah, yeah. He's probably tired, man. All the heats and oh. like they, they crammed it in, didn't they? Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, the juniors men is slightly different, so they would take their best result and the front on king. So maybe that's where the tour thing is kind of misleading, uh, because the tour travels around. Um, they the competitors don't actually need to go to any other events other than their local events and then the front and king. Okay. So maybe the structure of it is different and then the junior women's is best result and it, in combination with the final event of the year which is either Sintra or the France Pro but that's to be confirmed okay. so the way they're calculating those out is slightly different um, and then the drop knee world champion is decided uh, best result and the Sintra Pro so they are the, the way they're structuring the point system is slightly different to kind of you have to go to all or a minimum number of events um, mm. So that's for the junior specifically. I guess they understand that as a junior, you're not necessarily going to be in a position to travel to multiple countries, continents to um, to compete. You may be in college or school or whatever it is. Yeah, so, obviously. So, obviously. Um, I suppose that, that uh, what's his name, done all right, didn't he? Uh, Rodriguez, he's done all right to uh, go from Bacchus and uh, be at the lower in pro as well. You, you can't be doing bad like. Yeah. I mean, that's a, it's not a massively long way. Well, in, relatively, it's not all the way around the world from Panama no, across to yeah, but he's from Portugal, isn't he? So that's why yeah, he, he's done all right to make them to a yeah. Like, yeah, fair enough at that age in the juniors. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. When, when he won the um, won the Balkans. He, he got knocked out pretty early in the. I don't know. Where, did, where, how did he do in the Lewin Pro? Did you, did you see? I didn't see that. Second. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah, he did all right. Okay. And there was there a guy. Guy came. Uh, Paolo Gelati came third, um, and he was Brazilian. So that was quite good. But at least out of the the top the three, three, yeah, three different. Yeah, considering yeah. seventeen of them. Well, yeah, they local. Yeah, and there was Daniel Flores came fourth or joint third, I think. Actually, he might have come. Yeah. Yeah, but that guy. But uh, yeah, considering it's not bad, not bad. So a big question for you: Do do we need a world tour? Does bodyboarding need a world tour? <sighs> it's another one of them. There's no right and there's no wrong to this. Um, I suppose the question should be: Does it need a world tour right now? Maybe, well, in my eyes, anyway. Um, you know, obviously there's a need for it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we need to do it every year. Um, like surfing and uh, not surfing, sorry, football and rugby. Well, football, for example, is the biggest sport in the world, I think. And they do a world, <laughs> they do a World Cup every four years. And I know they do the Euros in between every two and whatever, but is it something? I, I just feel that the re, right now, I think we need to just pull it right back to the basics. I think, I think the odd event, I think, you know, there's, there is a demand for a world champion. There's a demand for that, but is there a demand for everybody to chase it around the world every year? I'm not sure. So like you can have a world, it's like darts or whatever. You can have a world champion or, and you can have a championship. Do you know what I mean? Or you can have a cup and a championship. You can have the two. Um, so, so this is actually something that, uh, that it ties quite into quite nice into. Um, so what if we looked at, at other sports? So for instance, two of the most common or easiest examples are if you look at boxing. So boxing has four different promotional entities. So you've got the WBC, the WBA, the IBF, and the WBO. All four of them concurrently, so at the same time, have world champions. Mm. So I, I don't know, is there space for bodyboarding to have more than one promotional entity? Like there are people that say that the world tour, they don't like it. That's fair enough. But I'll give an example. I've done two polls. One I did in June 2021. And one I did in March 2022, the question was, uh, do, does bodyboarding need a world tour? On both occasions, very randomly, 91% of people said yes. Mm. So there's a definite, and I can't remember, I think I, this last one I had over 100 responses. So there's a definite hunger for a world tour. Why couldn't we have more than one promotion? So an IBC doing a world tour, and Mike, or, and I'm, I have a, a sense and I feel it coming the APB um, doing a a one-off competition they, a crown world champ a world champ both of them can be legitimate you wouldn't turn up to the IBC and say that their um, their world champ is not legitimate or, or you wouldn't go to the IBF and say that there's um, another example is MMA so you've got across the world you've got multiple promotions you've got UFC obviously the biggest one you've got Bellator you've got Bama you've got one championship all of them crown world champions in various weight weight classes obviously um maybe i don't know i'll be Discuss. straight up my, my concerns with it all 
at the moment and it goes back to where i say do we need one right now and yeah. yeah my concern about it is is that the rest is losing out to the world tour um as in as it stands is, is pay and play so like i could go for example to the Sintra pro now in october if my legs fix and i could turn <laughs> up and i could pay my entry money yeah and i could say i'm there and i'm representing the uk yeah well for a start you can't represent the uk you'd have to represent great britain because the uk you can't oh. represent because ireland are on their own so you couldn't represent uk because ireland are on their own and then secondly i'm not representing england and i'm not representing scotland and i'm not representing the channel isles and unless i've gone through some kind of qualification process i'm not representing wales i've just turned up and i'm turning up and i'm representing yeah, but, myself but it, um, but but a world tour is, is similarly structured to, to say for instance like the the pga tour it's not it's not done on a um it's not done on the on your your country you're not representing your your, your country you, there's an individual athlete so it's not it's not and, it's not as structured now if we look at it differently if we look at say four not four but eight 12 16 years from now and we're talking about the olympics that's a completely different story where you are going through a structure in order to represent your your country at those the fact that the guys claim or put a flag next to their name I think that's just for, to garner support from where they are, but you're not actually representing your country. The same as in, in the UFC. A UFC fighter isn't paid any money by their country to get them to go and fight in Las Vegas or in Melbourne or whatever. They're representing their country and they'll hold their flag up based on their personal attachment to that country. And quite often, if you look at the American guys, they will claim country of origin that they've never been to. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but um, like, so what, where I'm going with it is, I suppose that's kind of where the demise of the sport is, is that you're having these, you're claiming it to be like the most prestigious or one of the most prestigious events. And you're not even getting the best people there because you're not going through a selection criteria. And that, that, that's my but you, biggest but you are. concern. Like. But you are. For the IBC, you have to, you have to be in the top 24. Of what? So you have to be. Of what? Top 24 of what? So you have to be seated within the top 24 bodyboarders what in the world yeah yeah but that's not you could turn like i could turn up to sintra now without any seeding yeah and every dog has his day but you (laughs) but you would have to qualify well well no you could turn up on day one of the event and you go through the rounds yeah you you get your seed into the later rounds i get that but potentially anyone can turn up on day one you know it's not a a wqs for the wsl but all i'm saying is right at the end of the day if the supposed best people from the regions or from your country are on the world tour and you've got a good regional tour or competition going on, you're going to suffer on your regional tour because the best people are not there to compete against because they're already on the world tour. Do you know what I mean? The, the, the problem is that there is no pathway from club level to the world tour. It's basically you get to a point and whoever's got the money to go on the world tour and go on the world tour. You can't, you can't say that the, there's better South Africans on the world tour. Well, I know you've got Tristan and um, Jared, but there's better bodyboarders in South Africa. Andre Bofa for Bota, for example, if he was on the world tour, the world tour would be next level. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and this is my this is my worry with it. But it doesn't mean that there's space for it. 
So like, if the World Tour was every other year, maybe, or I don't know. I just think that the regionals nationally and like take take our example, I think bodyboarding would benefit a lot more from European competition than world competition. And a clear step from a national level to a European level. But that, that that's just me. Like I just think there's a lot of uh, a lot of fuss over what's potentially not the best. Like and don't the, the world tour, there's a handful of people who could win that world tour, like do you know what I mean? There's only a handful, realistically, who are following that tour. And if they follow it and they put in the, the, the groundwork, they've got a good chance of winning it. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they Tomega could still be there. Do I mean Dave Winchester could still be there? Ben Player could still be there. Ryan Hardy could still be there. Um, but they're just not there, like. So yeah, I don't know. It's a tricky one, but it's a trick. And like I said earlier, there is no right or wrong in this conversation either. <laughs> yeah, and you're never going to get everyone to agree. But I, I just worry that grassroots suffers for the sake of it. Um, and I think there's more productive ways of um, raising the profile and the level of the sport. Like, like if I was to say to you, for example, Al Fronton, crazy wave, right? Just the same as Chopes, crazy wave, right? But going back to Al Fronton, 2010, I went and watched El Confital, the IBA, the final year that the Gran Canaria event was held in uh, El Confital. I tell you now, El Compital is five, ten times better away from front on for a competition. Why? Because you can put three, four, five maneuvers in, in one wave. It's combination surfing. It's rail to rail. Do you know what I mean? It's none of this gun it to the end, like past 75% of the wave to get to the final 25% and do something big. You yeah. can do something within the first 25% of the wave and have 75% of the wave to ride afterwards. Yeah. So, I mean? so there, I think that that's somewhere the, the world does fall down, is that they don't have enough diversity of waves i mean i would love to see and i'll use a south african example but i would love to see j bay on the world tour so there you have a point break mega long wave sort of at least 25 30 second rides from the point all the way in through the inside barrel section turn section um bowl section at the end um that would just be completely different to the other types of waves that you get on the tour. Something like snapper rocks, something like, um, yeah, just something different on the water where they do tend to, and will generally choose big slabby rampy waves, which are sick for bodyboarding. But I think that more diversity is definitely needed. And it's so. no good for the, um, if you're a bodyboarder, you watch and you get it, but the outside audience, you know, yeah. they don't get it. Like, um, and I was always taught, right, that when it comes to judging, when it comes to competition, basically you're working on the principle of performing uh, radical controlled maneuvers with flow in, in critical session sections of a wave with speed, power, and flow yeah. to maximize your scoring potential. I know it also says that innovative and progressive surfing, as well as a, a variety of repertoire, i.e. maneuvers and single major maneuvers will be taken into account when awarding points. But is that speed, power, and flow? Well, if you're, if you're gunning 75% of the wave just to hit that end section, 
that's not really I suppose you have got speed and you have got power and flow you just don't have a you've, just, you've just missed half the way and yeah. I was talking to young Ty yesterday you probably have a go at me now but I say, oh, you're getting that? Oh, yeah, man, I'll get it. I'm starting again. My, my spins and my uh, reverses, they're down. I was like, right, forget about them. He's like, yeah, what? Forget about them. Forget about them and forget about the fact that you can ride a barrel. I said, for the next few weeks, you're going to learn cutbacks. He was like, yeah, what? I was like, yeah, because if you can get a good cutback in at the start of a wave, you can do all that afterwards and you'll be doing something that everybody else isn't doing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You, you, if you can take off early and get a good cutback, cutback, reverse something back into the pocket, then do what everybody else is doing. Yeah, you, you've started that wave off. You've scored before you've even gone for that end section. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So and 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 that's what I think with the world tour. And at the end of the day, the competitors are only surfing to the criteria. They're only surfing to what's going to get scored. Yeah. Um, but it could be the selection of the waves. But for me, Confortal was sick, and yeah. they went the front on for a, a lady. Well, not a lady. One day Confortal weren't all that great, and they went the front on instead. Uh, the following day, they came back and finished the comp off at Compital. But for me, it's not even not even comparative, like for competitive arena or for a competitive wave. But that's me. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I would love to see more diverse waves on on the tour. I'm a fan of the tour. I got to tell you, um, I think that there's things that they could do differently. But I but overall, I do I do enjoy. The concept of of a world tour um but that's a well you know like i said earlier about like the british the british bodyboard club when they were in existence and a lot of people think that they packed up because they just packed up but the reason that they packed up was because the the nations become devolved like who's no longer uk so where they stood as a, a governing body when the uh, British Surf or the British Surf Federation so it's the British Surf Federation and there's a British bodyboard club and they were level pegging and then when everything changed and the nations become their own, the British Bodyboard Club didn't have anywhere to sit mm-hmm. because everything was devolved and that's what was their demise, basically. But um, for all the criticism they've had and for all the criticism that I've given or spared <laughs> for, for the World Tour, for example, one thing I will give the British Bodyboard Club is back when they was in existence that they actually managed to get um, two wild card um, two, two consecutive years, they got wild card entries into the pipe event on the World Tour. I think it was about 2000, 2008, 2009, so it was back in the noughties. Like, uh, and the first one, believe it or not, was uh, the, the most English person you ever meet, Darren House. He <laughs> went the one year, South African, obviously. And, uh, <laughs> and then the following year, they got Jack Johnson on a wild card. Um, and between them, I think they managed to raise over £15,000 nice for those events like so yeah. you know it's significant it, yeah it's um it's a big like seven years thousands between all of the people involved then thousands of unpaid hours you know just to, yeah. for the love love of the sport and they were running regular competitions the conditions weren't great but they got them two wild cards so yeah it just shows you, you need that local regional level but then obviously you need that international level to aspire to as well yeah, um, I, th- I think, and I, I may be slightly off here because I haven't been in the scene for a long time, but I think it's, it's, it's where South Africa has, has it pretty nailed down. So SA Champs for South Africa is a massive deal. So it's once a year. Um, it's a huge event. Um, 
but it is recognized by the South African sporting body, so the, the, the governing body for sports. Um, and you've um, actually questioned it once before. You, you, I think you were mocking is that everyone turned up to a bodyboarding prize giving an event and they were all wearing the same black blazers um, and caps. And, and that's because in South Africa is you actually get school colors. I don't know if you know what colors are. Do you have them over here? Lucky if you've got uniforms over here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you'll get basically recognition and you get a, a scroll that you put onto your, your school blazer. Um, you then, if you get if you get onto the provincial team for bodyboarding, you'll be given provincial colours. So you get a black, well, in the province that I come from, you get a black blazer, uh, you get a, um, a funny cap, and you also get a scroll that says bodyboarding on it. And when you wear that blazer, everyone knows that you have colours, uh, representative colours for bodyboarding. It's very similar to, so in most sports so for instance rugby if you run on for your team you get awarded a cap i don't know if you know yeah so. yeah, yeah yeah well that's the only time we've seen a cap in wales like this for rugby, <laughs> <It's> for rugby <laughs> yeah. um so you can earn provincial colors so it's like earning a cap basically um and then you can go and if you make it onto the south african team you you will get south african awarded colors for bodyboarding and that still exists today so that's why everybody that you saw at that prize giving where they were wearing their blazers representative of their province and then I think it was the tanned one eh? was that the tanned prize given i think maybe uh yeah it may have been yeah oh no that was sa champs oh it was a okay yeah so um yeah they'll all be wearing their it's kind of it's like a weird bodyboarding uniform where everyone's wearing sneakers and uh and shorts and a blazer but, and it just goes to show that like different parts of the world are in different part in different um they're in a different area like or different mindsets yeah. or different times it's like you say there was a time when the Australians were dominating the world tour and yeah. now hardly anybody shows up. So, yeah. So, you know, I'm not like an all out world tour hater, but it's like at this moment in time, do we need it? But then I could understand like South Africa, for example, when you're winning it nearly every year, one of your people <laughs> are winning it. Well, of course there's a shout for it. Like, do you know what I mean? And, and the same for the, the South Americans, if the tour's in their town, or in their continent, well, yeah, they've got every reason to win it. But, yeah, it's interesting. Um, and the one interesting thing is the one you touched on briefly earlier is the Olympics um, and where that falls into place with everything in time. Um, it's interesting times, but like I say, there's no right, there's no wrong. There's a lot of people buzzing about bodyboarding. There's a lot of positive vibes. Um, there's a lot of people trying to do good things. So it is a good thing, man. It is a good thing. And only in time will we find out what we did good and what we did bad as a sport. Yeah. I think that is a pretty cool place to wrap it up. Yeah, sounds good, man. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Alex, thank you so much for jumping on. uh, Yeah, it's all right, boy. Anytime. Anytime. We will... um, I I would like to invite you to do these... um, regularly so catch up on uh, the events um there's a lot of stuff going down in the world of bodybuilding at the moment uh, a lot of competitions and like i said before nowhere to kind of find that information all in one place so if we can give that back to the bodybuilding community that would be pretty cool it's good practice in it at the end of the day if you're going to have an opinion it's good to put a little bit of research in before you uh, say anything and, uh, yeah definitely <laughs> even, if, even if you are wrong <laughs> yeah well i'm sure we're wrong and uh but i'm sure we're right in a lot of ways so all good yeah, sweet man, sweet. I'm sure there'll be a couple of others to get involved as well. Yeah. Happy Sick. days. Sweet. 
This episode was brought to you by Hempoid CBD. For 25% off, use the discount code SLAB23 and follow the link through my Instagram bio. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you so much for listening. Follow Slab Bodyboarding on Instagram for regular book stuff and tag your mates if you dig the content. Keep frothing. Yoop.